Wanting to enjoy every moment, I stared at the hard candies in the different wooden barrels. The man behind the counter was white. I could tell he didn't like me, so I let him see the penny in my hand. Take your time, son, my father said with a grin. You did a man's work this year. Putting his hand on my shoulder, he said to the store clerk, He's all of ten years, but the boy crushed as much cane as I did. Since the age of four, I had always been working to help the family. I don't know if it was pride from father's words or the pleasure from a piece of hard candy that beckoned, but I felt so good, I thought I would burst. I had been thinking of those hard candies since my father woke me before daybreak and said, Hitch the wagon. We're going to take some ribbon syrup into town and you coming. When I went back inside, the stove was going and Ma had a pot of mush cooling. We ate quiet-like so as not to wake the little ones that were asleep on the other side of the room. I was happy to see that they were still sleeping, for it was uncommon to spend the day alone with my father. We never had much time to talk, and I just liked to be with him. Two barrels of cane syrup were tied down in the wagon. We sat up front. My father clucked toward the mule. I wanted to tell him that I was glad he was taking me, and it was going to be just him and me together all day. Trouble was, I didn't know how to say that in words. So, under the shadow of my straw hat, I just looked over at him. Solid, is what I would say. He took care of us. We had potatoes and carrots buried in the straw and salt pork hanging from the rafters. We was free of worries. Papa was a good provider. Someday, I would be just like him. Must have been a couple of hours toward town when my father nudged me. He handed me the reins and unwrapped some burlap. I took a piece of cornbread with a big dab of lard on it. When I commenced to eat, he started talking. With this ribbon syrup, we'd be out of debt and have some left for trading. We're going to have seeds for cotton, some new banty chicks, and the fruit trees that are going to bear fruit next year. No one has the fever, and we all be healthy. Life is good. And with a grin, he added, I do believe it's getting better. I liked it when Papa talked to me as a man. The morning haze had long ago burned off. The wagon stirred up a lot of dust that kind of settled over everything in a nice, smooth blanket. It was good for the mule, as the dust had a way of keeping the flies off. Nothing else was said for the next hour till we came around the last stand of trees and to the rise above Marshall. In those days, I had in my mind that Marshall was maybe about the biggest and best place there could ever be. The hardware store had big windows that I liked to look in. I had never been inside since I knew they didn't appreciate black folks with no money. I was partial to the general store, but I liked to walk by the livery stable, too. Once, a man gave me two bits to rub down and watch his horse for the afternoon. It was 1908, and I hadn't yet seen a car. I had heard of them, but nobody I knew owned one. Papa said they didn't do too well when the rains came and the roads was deep in mud. Besides, they scared the horses. Mostly, I just liked seeing all the folks from the big ranches and the little farms like ours that was out on the boardwalk. The cafe in the barber shop was whites only, but I knew a boy that worked in the cafe, and I knew some folks that shined shoes at the barber shop. I liked to look in those windows, too. We never had no cause to go into the post office, but I pictured that one day someone would say there was a letter waiting for me. I would walk past all the folks sitting in the town square beneath the big oak tree. When I was inside, I would say, I'm George Dawson. I'm here to get my letter. 
I don't know when that was going to happen, but maybe someday it would. Marshall was a busy place, and good things could just happen. It was the county seat, and that had to count for something, too. At least, that's what I thought then. But at that moment, in the general store, when my father told me that I could do a man's work, anything seemed possible. I remember everything. I saw the white man frowning, my father grinning at me, and those barrels of candy to choose from. I also remember everything my ears told me that day. As I picked up a piece of peppermint, I heard a commotion from the street. My father's gaze followed mine. It was dark and cool in the store, and the hot light through the doors caused a confusing picture. There were people running, harsh words, and a lot of shouting. Papa set down a kerosene lamp he was inspecting on the counter and run to the door. I followed with the counterman behind me. At first, out on the boardwalk, in the bright sunlight, I couldn't see the faces on the street. I heard Pete's voice before I saw him. It wasn't me. I didn't touch her, Pete screamed. Lord, let me go! I would have backed off from what I saw, but by then we was crowded up against the rail. First time in my life I saw the white folks and the colored folks together in a crowd. It scared me. There was no more frown on the face of the white counterman that was beside me. His lips were set in a